Hello and welcome into another episode on the Labumba Pastor's Blog. I'm Masumba Jonathan. Today's lesson is a rebroadcast from our series from the Gospel of John. The title of the lesson is Jesus Must Increase and You Must Decrease. And the text to begin is John chapter 1 verses 35 to verse 37, which says this. The next day again, John was standing with two of his disciples, and he looked at Jesus as he walked by and said, Behold, the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. John the Baptist's placement as the forerunner of Christ is quite interesting to consider. When kings come, usually their messengers travel the main highways and into the prominent cities to announce their coming. But God sent his messenger into the wilderness to prepare the way. He ate locusts and wild honey and wore clothes made of camel's hair. Not exactly the way kings of this earth present their ambassadors. Yet in spite of his seclusion and odd traits, John the Baptist became famous throughout the land, so much so that the Bible says great crowds were coming to him to be baptized. But when Jesus began his public ministry, John shrank very quickly into the background. His handling of this is something instructive for every believer. We see in this text, as soon as the Lamb of God was revealed to John, he urged his own followers to leave him and follow Jesus. This change of popularity did not sit well with all of his disciples. Consider this dialogue from chapter 3 of John in verse 25 to 30. Now a discussion arose between some of John's disciples and a Jew over purification. And they came to John and said to him, Rabbi, he who is with you across the Jordan, to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing, and all are going to him. John answered, A person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice. Therefore this joy of mine is now complete. He must increase, but I must decrease. John's disciples have a dispute with someone about a doctrinal issue. And in the midst of their stirred-up thinking of that discussion, they reveal something that has been troubling them for some time. They tell John that he is losing his followers to Jesus. Jesus is getting bigger crowds than we are now. How does John respond to instruct these men? He reminds them that, that every gift and every position and every success comes from God. The reason he became famous was because God had given him a platform for a time. The reason it was now time for him to fade to the background was because now it was time for the one he had announced to take center stage. John's pride was not offended by this. He tells his people that Jesus must increase and that he must decrease. Friends, that is a reality that is true for every follower of Christ. The Bible tells us in Romans 8 verse 29, For those whom he foreknew he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And again in Galatians, Galatians 
<laughs> Galatians. Galatians. I was combining Colossians and Galatians there. Galatians. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. You see, God wants our old identity to disappear and his Son to shine through us. It is not supposed to be our old selves that people perceive in our faces and actions any longer. They should see Jesus instead. Practically, what does this mean? What does that look like? Well, God will strip away everything from you that hinders his son's image in you. Some believers rely on their wealth rather than walking by faith. God must remove their wealth then so that they learn to depend on him. Some believers trust in their own strength to deliver them, like Peter at the arrest of Jesus. So God must remove their strength until they learn to rely on his strength. John's disciples didn't want their popularity and influence to decline. What did they need? They needed a lesson in humility and correct priorities, which John gave them. It reminds me of this interaction with Joshua and Moses when God poured out his spirit on 70 elders to help Moses with judging the people. In Numbers chapter 11, from verse 26 to verse 29, we read this. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad, and the spirit rested on them. They were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp. And Joshua, the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. What is Joshua concerned about here? And how does Moses rebuke Joshua? Joshua doesn't want Moses' glory and prominence shared with anyone else. But what does Moses say? I wish every one of God's people were full of his spirit and proclaiming his truth together. This should be the desire of every leader. Not that everyone remains ignorant and dependent on you to teach them, but that everyone would know scripture so well that you don't have anything else you can teach them. Moses and John the Baptist didn't mind having their prominence reduced so that God might be glorified and God's people benefit. What about you and I? How is God decreasing you so that he can increase his son's features in you? The last two years I've gone through a crisis in my physical identity. I have an older brother who can turn his hand to anything. He can fix electrical, he can repair engines, he's an expert in agriculture, he can build, he can lay concrete, he can do many things. Before I became a missionary, I worked in the golf industry, teaching the game and helping to manage a golf course. I was known for athletics in high school, but when I went to university, I found many athletes who were far better than I was. The one thing I still had was that I was stronger than most people. I couldn't get work as a professional person in most fields, but if I had to, I could always rely on digging to support my family. But then I had two spinal surgeries and lost all my strength. In 2020, my son, who was three years old at the time, 
would remind me in my recovery that I was not allowed to bend over or pick anything up. It is not an easy thing to have all of your self-reliance taken away from you and be totally dependent on God's people to take care of your family. But we must decrease, and Christ must increase. Sometimes we say of a believer, Oh, I can see why God saved this person, because they are good at this and this, and so they are going to be useful for these reasons. That's not, that's not the way to look at things, friends. God doesn't save us because of what we can do for it, of what we can do for him as we are. He saves us to become like his son. He's going to remove those things that keep you from looking like his son. Is Jesus living through you? Is the life you now live totally for Christ and not for yourself? God bless you all.